Let's go. Am I on? Welcome to the Boredom Breaker podcast, where we single-handedly defeat the celebrity mentality one episode at a time. Yes, we're just normal people, and we are not celebrities, and and celebrities really don't have all truth. Tanner, you need to get in on the screen there. We need to be able to see that face of yours. And, um, I promise you, you don't. Yeah. So... One episode at a time. We're against the cele- we're not we're not against the celebrities, but we are we are telling the culture that celebrities do not rule the world. And that's all I have to say in the introduction. You guys, how was your week? Oh, you know, it was Thanksgiving. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah, that's that, that kind of sums it up. Yeah, it was, it was quiet. It was hectic. Uh, Is that going to be on the awesome. recording screen? <laughs> not that I really care that much. It shouldn't be. Okay. Um, so this week, we decided we're going to talk about music again, because I think we could talk about music every week in every episode, because there's a lot to discuss in terms of music. And my quote for the week is by Voltaire. Voltaire was a French philosopher, and he said, anything that is too stupid to be said is sung. And as I discussed a lot of 90s R&B last week, I can tell you that that is, that is a true statement, that a lot of things that no human being would, would discuss in a real-life conversation can easily put into a song and just and make it sound beautiful, though um, ludicrous in its, in its true sentiment. Um, I don't necessarily want to talk about 90s R&B all, all day today. We, I did enough of that last week, but what do you guys think? Anything too stupid to be said is sung. Well, I don't know about that, but something that I, I remember hearing, I can't, I couldn't tell you where I can't remember, but it was um, rhyming and repetition make any music legitimate. Hmm. Okay. So that just kind of like, I don't know, it's like you, you, if you repeat something in a melody enough, or you know, if you if you rhyme cleverly, somehow to us that makes it seem like a legitimate concrete thing yeah i don't remember what the context was so i can't tell if that was like a psychological discussion or if that was just something someone said but okay ian how about you anything too stupid to be said is sung there sure are a lot of stupid songs out there let me tell you yeah <laughs> but it's it's not just limited to 90s r&b though true any genre can have stupid songs yep and you know to be fair i actually thought about um, I was on my way. Hey, Elizabeth. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Good. Thanks. Everybody, I want to welcome our, I say everybody, we, we've got so many followings so far. Um, but Elizabeth Quinby has joined us to discuss music. This is Tanner, Dean, Ian Porter, and um, I'm, I guess I didn't even introduce myself, but everybody, everybody who listens to the podcast should know who I am by now. If not, they'll get over it. Um, we're discussing music, and we actually opened with a, a Voltaire quote, anything too stupid to be said is sung. So, do you agree or disagree? What are your thoughts? Anything too stupid to be said is sung. I don't think I agree. No? You think you anything, too, anything too stupid to be said is sung? Yes. So, implying... Means, 
so I, I related it to 90s R&B because I, I was a huge fan of 90s R&B. And Ian backed me up and said, well, there's, there's a plenty of stupid music out there that isn't 90s R&B. Um, but if you think about some of the lyrics to the songs, even like Pony, Genuine Pony, like if you actually just stop and listen to the lyrics, you're like, yeah, this is really, who's going to have this conversation in real life? This is stupid. It makes a good song, but it's really stupid in terms of communication. That's true. I guess I didn't think about it like that. Yeah. Well, apparently in whatever it was, 16th, 17th century France, Voltaire had plenty to think about in music and the stupidity of, of lyrics and music was one of the topics he came up with. So, you know, good for him. He had he had extra time on his hands. But that was also that was also a realm where if it, if music wasn't serious, it was stupid. And and stupid wasn't mainstream like it is. Okay. Stupid is popular now. Sure. Okay. You sing a stupid stupid song and it's you know, it's a big deal, but Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Elizabeth, uh, if, if you would please tell us a little bit about yourself and and um, in terms of your musical experience and your musical um, just your, the, your musical surroundings, your life in, in terms of music. Okay, um, I play cello. That's my main instrument. I started when I was ten, and uh, that's what twenty six years now. So, played cello for a while. I play in the symphony here, and then I teach middle school orchestra. So. I'm surrounded by that kind of music every day and middle schoolers. So that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I have a degree in music education and uh, a master's in um, curriculum and instruction. So awesome. Okay. So uh, actually that I didn't prepare you for this question. It came to mind as soon as you mentioned middle schoolers, I was thinking about asking you, I didn't know that you were teaching middle school, but can a middle school choir handle handles Messiah wireless? <laughs> well, singing in general during the pandemic has been a little bit of an issue in anyway. Mm -hmm. So they're not singing as much as they normally would been would have been. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I've I've done an arrangement of that with my orchestra, but I don't think the choir could probably handle it. Sure. Not at middle school. The range is really large, so it's hard for your prepubescent boys and changing voices and things like that. Yeah. You know, and, and you don't want to, like, put the spotlight on them because they already feel like, you know, everyone's staring at them anyway. So. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, I, I know I gave you a list of some of our preliminary questions. Before I dive into those, uh, Ian, Tanner, do you want to ask Elizabeth any questions, music-related or anything else? Mommy, what are you doing? <laughs> My daughter, sorry. Hi, no, that's all right. <laughs> it's the Boredom Breaker podcast, so any, anything that helps to break the boredom works yeah. for us. Excitement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mommy. Um, I, I was wondering, uh, what do you play besides cello and, and your voice? Well, it's interesting because to be a music teacher, you're supposed to learn everything. So in college, you do learn everything, but you don't learn it well enough to like play it, play it. Um, so like I teach private cello lessons, you know, I play high level, but I, I mean, I wouldn't. Um, so, yeah, so I can. That you know, play piano and all that kind of stuff, just basically, but not like, not virtuoso style. <laughs> yeah. Good. 
So um, I'll let Tanner peek off of this if he wants to read the questions with me. Is the cello the best instrument? Why or why not? Uh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> they actually say that cello is most like the human voice because it has such a huge range. Um, and the, the, the range of it and, and um, it's uh, just the, the timbre of it. It's so like violin's really high pitched and cello's like medium, so it's more like a natural voice and um yeah, so cool. yeah, cello best, I think. So then I know you sang alto. Is alto the best what I don't know what you call it, best vocal position or is it the best? Why or why not? Um, I would think so. I like the harmony parts. They always say that, you know, sopranos are pretty much brain dead because they always get the melody. They don't have to, like, you don't have to count. You don't have to, like, read music. You just, you know, sing the top part that everyone can hear. And um, it's the inner juicy melody or uh, harmony parts that I feel like really can make pieces sound sound good. Cool. That's what your smart people are. There you go. <laughs> well, I sing baritone, so, I mean, and that's not necessarily falling into that category of the small smart people but i think my decent math skills help me to know if the if the notes higher i'm supposed to sing higher and if the notes lower i'm supposed to sing lower and i was able to pick up on that a little bit uh, <laughs> other than that I, I can't say that baritone is the best if you've already chosen alto as the best then i'll have to submit to that <laughs> let me get this question and then i'll let um tanner ian ask another question here should there be a punishment for those who prematurely applaud during the Hallelujah Chorus of Handel's Messiah? If so, what should that punishment be? So this this question is just funny because as a as a performer, the clapping between movements has always been a question of you know a topic of discussion, um, and many musicians have different feelings on it i mean as a performer i'm always uh, uh, grateful for the applause you know it's 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 I'm, I'm thankful for it but um and i it depends on the piece too hmm. some of them are kind of interdependent so you they need to be performed without a i'm kind of getting off track but fine. without applause in the middle um and to be honest sometimes classical people can be like kind of snobby about it oh. you you clapped between a movement like and we don't want our audiences to die. So I feel like it's not that big of a deal. Okay. I mean, like as an educator, I'm obviously teaching concert etiquette and things like that. You know, this is when it's okay and when it's not. And if you're not sure, wait for somebody else to do it. <laughs> um, so that's kind of my thought on that. But I mean, we could just cut off their arms and then they just can't clap or something. <laughs> I don't know. They can still shout and holler, woohoo, yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. That's something that I've thought too, is like, there's like my performance side is like, oh great, we're getting applause in the, like, between movements and that's great. But then I also went to school for music. So like my snobby classical side is like lashes all of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, and sometimes it's so hard, like you hear a first movement and it's so moving, like you, you, your body wants to give something back and, and it's hard to not just be like, hold it in. Mm -hmm. So I. Sometimes you can't hold it against people. It's, you know. Yeah, cool. I like that you mentioned your, your body um, wants to get something back and can't hold it in. We And I don't want to get too far off topic either, and I, I don't want to keep you too long. But some of the other things we're discussing that we'll maybe get into a little bit later is how 
music is a form of communication and how body language is actually universal communication whether you're in india whether you're in america or you know it doesn't really matter when somebody's smiling it's expressing something when somebody is crying it's expressing something when somebody has their arms folded and they're they're scowling like this, they're they're expressing something even without opening their mouth to communicate and in a, in a similar way music is, is almost a universal language in that it will evoke emotions in everybody in a similar way. Um, again, I don't want to get too far off topic. We can save some of that for later. But you, you said giving something back. Like you, the, the idea of applauding is like I, I physically want to give something to this performance because they performed and gave something to me. That there, there's right. almost a, a, a how do you want to explain that? A, a give and take, a, a reciprocation of sorts. Well, and an applause is a thank you. Like, that's your way of thanking them for performing, just as a bow is their etiquette for saying you're welcome. Cool. Like, thank you for performing, clapping, bowing. It's all kind of interdependent. Awesome. Okay. Ian, anything else before I dive into one of the other questions? No, go ahead. Cool. All right. So here, here's fun, Elizabeth. If you could choose between ridding the world of terrible music or being a best conductor at the London Philharmonic Orchestra, which would you choose and why? You know, you gave me this one ahead of time so I could kind of think about it and I'm still torn. <laughs> I still kind of can't decide. Um, so, ugh. Sometimes I'm not always um, confident in my abilities, so I would feel like I wouldn't know what I'd be doing, even though I conduct a lot during the day. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, being a music teacher has kind of driven me to appreciate all kinds of music, especially in middle school land where kids are listening to like really awful music. Uh -huh. But if kids are like, oh, you've heard this song, and I mean, it. I just can't be like, I don't want to be the snobby music teacher that's like classical music is the only one. And so if I could find like, oh, even though this song is off the lyrics, there's this really cool chord progression or yep. there's this really, you know. Um, so I don't need, I would probably, I'd probably have to conduct the New York the London Phil or whatever you said. Cool. Yeah. I don't even know. What I'm I, I just Googled it. I, yeah. I don't know how legit it is, but London Philharmonic Orchestra, if that's right, <laughs> which <laughs> obviously if you choose that one, I don't know how fantastic that is. If you're not even familiar with it, or maybe it's my own error, but you know, that, that's cool. And you got me thinking too, like, man, it, there is some terrible music out there, but music... <laughs> There's a, we discussed this a little bit on last week's podcast. There is objective beauty to music. You can't, you can't just say, oh, I like that music, but that's just my opinion. There, some music is objectively beautiful, but then there's a subjective opinion of some people like rap more than country. Some people like R&B from the 90s more than R&B from the 2000s. You know, there's, there's sub right. subjective adherence to objective beauty. So to say get rid of terrible music, are you talking about objectively or just, I don't like that, so be done with you? <laughs> right, yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that kind of opens the question of like what constitutes terrible music. Yep. Is it just lyricism? Is it, is it just, you know, chord structure? Um, 
or is it like you've heard this it almost sounds like something you've already heard before i mean like what yeah. i don't know how many songs i'm like this chord progression like i'm you know you hear the same kind of stuff over and over again like your nickelback songs or whatever i mean it's just like always the same stuff it's like dude that's so different yeah but okay. yeah well, we want to do a little, um, I didn't, I didn't prep you for this. So thanks for bearing with us. I, I wanted to talk and we might go into this a little bit later. Um, after we're, we're done with you, uh, that sounds rude, not that we're done with you, but after, um, you're done interviewing with us is the, um, soundtracks or, or musical scores. And, uh, Ian already chose his favorites. Um, Tanner, I think is, he didn't necessarily voice, um, what he said was for sure the best. But I, I have a couple of verses, so um, by verses I mean VS, as in like Harry Potter versus Lord of the Rings, which is the best musical score between those two. Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings. Oh boy. Probably Harry Potter. Oh. Good though. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. That's, not, that's good. That's good. The, the three of us disagree with you, so it's, it's nice to have another, another thought out there. I'm, John it? Williams is the man. Okay. I mean, I just did a lesson on him so he's kind of right at the forefront of my memory sure so okay but. tanner oh you want me to sure um pride and prejudice versus prince of egypt i'm not too familiar with both of them okay so i don't know if i could give a, a very good answer to that one hans zimmer did prince of egypt and Pride and Prejudice was done by somebody whose name I can't pronounce, but a lot of good piano and, and strings. Hans Zimmer's amazing, though. Yeah. He's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. So I'd probably say that. Cool. All right. <laughs> Just by default. Just by default, yeah. We'll give Prince of Egypt the point for that one. Harry Potter, number one, although that's the wrong answer. And then Ian, <laughs> last but not least, Ian is um, strong on this one. Go ahead. I remember Star Wars, and I don't remember the other one. The Last Samurai. <laughs> okay. Because the other one didn't matter. Right, yeah, exactly. Well, I already told you I really like John Williams, so I mean, it's kind of... Yeah. Who did The Last Samurai? On Zimmer. On Zimmer. He's great, too, though. They're all good. Yeah. I mean, like... Yeah, it's just... Yeah. Cool. It's hard to beat John Williams, I think. All right. So, okay, so John Williams... Harry Potter or Star Wars? I really, I really threw you a curveball here. See, and I'm not a brass player, so I think if I was a brass player, I'd really pick Star Wars because it's super brass heavy. But whereas Harry Potter to me is more lyrical, like there's there's more lyrical melodies and things like that. Mm -hmm. It's not as air like. So I'd probably have to say Harry Potter. My husband would not agree with me because he's a Star Wars fan. So yeah, that's cool. Well, most people are. Uh, my my son's a huge Star Wars fan. I I think it's okay. Um, not my favorite. I I actually do prefer Lord of the Rings in terms of cinematography. Um, I mean, how many how many Academy Awards did it win? Four at least, I think. Best Picture, Just Best Return Director. Of the King, yeah, Return 11. of the King. Eleven. Eleven. Yeah. All right. Well, we're not talking oh, Academy Awards. Wow. Yeah. Saying. Wow. Yeah. So Lord of Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, and we're talking Academy Awards. It wins, but we're talking music. So Elizabeth, since we forced you to choose between these, 
what is one that you want to offer as a uh, contender or as number one? What would you say is the best music score out there for a movie? I would have to separate it into genre, I feel like. It's so sure. hard to, like... Well, it's, you're, we're on your time, so if you want to take a few minutes, go for it. If if you want to just nod your hat I know, I know people hate Disney mm-hmm. stuff, but... Some of the Disney stuff is amazing. Like, I, I love the soundtrack to Moana. Um, I know. But, like, Lin-Manuel Miranda is amazing. <laughs> I listen to the Moana soundtrack all day, every day. It's, it's so good. But I, I have mean, kids, to be fair. Yeah. Well, Same. I think, um, the, what is it, John Legend and whoever else did the new Beauty and the Beast. I can't remember her name right now. Shame on me. But that was pretty good. That was well done. I'm sure we'll come up with her name eventually, but... We actually, we opened up this episode by saying that the celebrity mentality um, is to be defeated. As in, as in, I mean, that's why we're doing this podcast, because we're just normal people interviewing normal people who have things to say, whose opinions matter. And we're not celebrities who get to dictate, you know, what's right or wrong or what's beautiful and, and, and ugly. So that's, that's the whole reason of the podcast is, eh, those celebrities, they don't always have it right. Yeah. So Jeremy probably didn't tell you that we weren't a big deal before he invited you on. Apologize about that, but we're actually nobody knows us. Yeah. <laughs> I I just knew Elizabeth had a soft spot for music, and she'd probably be willing to join us. So I do love music. It's a it's a powerful thing, and I uh, I'm hoping it can help us through this pandemic because mm-hmm. there it's there's a lot of hurt going on and. Hopefully it can help have some, some kids can find joy, yeah. you know, and when they play and blah, all that kind of stuff. So, but yeah, it's music is amazing. <laughs> cool. Absolutely. Well, uh, go. Oh, I was just going to say that. Something I've almost noticed in the last year is, is the quality. I feel like there's been a rise in the quality of music across mm-hmm. at least most genres that I listen to because it's, it's so focused and, and, I just want to say it's it's more unfiltered. Sure. Okay. Like, you know, people have this time to themselves, and they, they really get to compose their thoughts and, and how they feel about it and then put it out there. And so I've noticed, like, a huge, um, I don't know, a huge proportion of songs that I've, that I've come across in the last year have been amazing across several genres. I don't know. I feel like it might have something to do with the pandemic and just how people are well, feeling. Well, people... I feel like people are slowing down and maybe taking time for things that are not, you know, reevaluating what's important and, you know, that kind of stuff. And yeah, definitely having more time to sit and, and, you know, think inward and not being so busy and all that kind of stuff. But I am hoping it doesn't kill the arts though, because I mean, it's as far as live music and live performances and not having person concerts and, so I hope I shouldn't be like job training for something different because <laughs> they're yeah. cutting my or something. <laughs> but <laughs> we'll just keep bringing you yeah. on the on the podcast, and when we make it big, we'll just give you your cut and uh, Lord willing, whatever that means. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, the, the arts are so important. I'll I'll, I'll say that. Uh, I mean, shoot, I did band in middle school and then started choir in, in eighth grade. Did choir all throughout high school. And I was never really a um, artistic in terms of what do you call it the physical arts or, or like finger painting etc. What do you call that fine? Visual. Fine arts. 
visual arts, yeah. Like, I can't sculpt, I can't paint, um, but uh, I, I, apparently I could sing to some degree. And I do, I do really enjoy poetry and, and words, putting words into the right context. I mean, that's why even, even communicating like this, there's times where I struggle. Like, oh, I want that word. I don't want to use this word. Even though there's, there's this word that will suffice, I don't want that word. I want this word, which is very particular to what I'm trying to explain. So, I mean, that, that doesn't really matter in the big picture of life. But in terms of communication and connecting with people the more you can understand them the more that you can communicate finding that particular word is actually a big difference and i know i kind of steer away from from the arts to prose prose poetry but there's still that connection there yeah yeah well elizabeth thank you for your time we'll let you go and, and get back to your family tell your daughter thank you for joining us on the podcast uh, anything you wanna, anything you want to say to our guests before you leave us uh keep listening to music that's right amen <laughs> yeah cool. well thank so, you all right thanks guys Have a good week we'll talk to you later okay bye bye so um that was fun i i'm glad we had a, another guest not <laughs> not that i don't enjoy talking with you guys as well <laughs> we're at 25 minutes do we want to discuss anything else in terms of communication or save that for next week's podcast um music anything any, let's do closing thoughts on music and then we'll end the podcast we can save more of the communication side of things for next week mm. well she she mentioned you know she hoped the arts doesn't go away obviously i also hope that yep. but there, there have been a lot of bands um that have been, been starting to do like these um like live stream concerts yep. where like it's yep. just all them uh, and you pay, you know, $10, $15 or whatever for a ticket to, to enjoy watching them online. Um, and I was listening to a podcast about this um, a couple months ago. But basically, you, um, first of all, uh, if you go to a concert, most of the time the sound quality isn't very good. I mean, at least the stuff I go to, I go to smaller shows usually, um, uh, you know, like up in up in Seattle, um like metal and all that kind of stuff it's not very good it's really loud and it's just kind of washed out and so like um when you do it online you can like get right the camera's right on everybody you can see what everybody's doing you can hear everything the way they want you to hear it yeah. um and so in many ways it's actually a better way to enjoy a concert now i i, I know it takes away some of the experience but um when you think about ten dollars to get into this amazing live stream concert versus you know i don't know fifty dollars for a ticket twenty dollars to park however much it takes to gas to get there you know just to to be there for a little while and then when you're there you may want to buy drinks or whatever um and uh honestly it's a really really good value i think um i think that kind of format um has a lot of promise honestly so it's not a, a loss in the arts, it's a, a transition in the arts, as in right. it's not going away, it's just shifting from what it was into something different. And I think yeah, I've seen absolutely. that a lot of ways. I mean, so Double Barrel, for example, Lucas Sear was one of our first interviews, the, the Double Barrel interview. Um, during the pandemic, when during the first shutdown, they actually decided right away to start going to deliveries. Now, so mm. they they their business wasn't ended it was just transition whereas deliveries didn't happen before now they really did or if, even if they did they were a small degree and then they really kicked into gear so same thing with music music is not going to end the arts aren't going to end 
they just might have to find a way to um, I think I use the term transition but to to evolve to to um, work within its cultural context I would, I would absolutely say on that I, I, I definitely agree but I would I would stipulate that it they're also it's it's harder that that sort of transition is harder for the arts than maybe other forms of entertainment or what have you mm -hmm. because you see all these concessions being made for for sporting events we can we can have them but we can only have this many people whereas you know music it's absolutely not absolutely not absolutely not we can't do this this is shut down yeah we can't have you know at, at the school where i work we can't have 10 kids playing band because that's dangerous yeah but we can have you know tournaments in the gym with several hundred people and yeah several towns coming and, and things like that well, well most musicians don't make much money sports does yeah yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's another topic for another time too. Um, there's so many sure. things that popped in my head when you said that. But follow the dollar signs. That's usually the answer to the question: is where where's the dollar signs going? So, uh, any other closing thoughts? We're we're at 29 minutes. So, well, I just want to say the real best instrument is the drums. Yeah, I agree with that. All right. You guys should have yeah. called this <laughs> out. You should have said no. You're wrong. We didn't get a chance. No? Huh? No? Yeah. I guess that I was too quick to agree with her, or to yeah. As usual, you talk too much. It's true. It's true. <laughs> if my if my wife were on this podcast, she would quickly say she that. Back. She uh, she's on her way to come. Yeah. So, uh, how about tell you what? I'm gonna I'm done right now. You guys close out the episode. Um. There's. I mean, there's a lot more to be had with music. There's. We. This could be a music podcast, and we could talk for every week for years. Um, I think I think music is in a it's in a weird state but kind of like I was saying earlier I've seen such a jump in the quality of a lot of music that I'm still I'm still hopeful yeah, I'm gonna be honest I haven't really listened to anything new in a while <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of stuck in the late 90s early 2000s hey that's okay <laughs> yeah Oh, well, I'm just ending the conversation. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you. No. You've got to wrap. No? All right, well, I apologize, everyone, for butting in again. Uh, thanks for listening to the Boredom Breaker podcast. On behalf of Ian and Tanner, I'm going to shut up. Like, subscribe, and share, and we'll see you guys next week. What did I do? <laughs>